Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Pretty good. Yeah, doing well. Yeah? You ready to yeah, rip, rip things up with uh, uh-huh. your face? Including, <laughs> yeah, we're doing two movies, and one of them doesn't even have, it doesn't even have a single chainsaw kill in it whatsoever. <laughs> yep. There's no chainsaw massacre. Which just seems like a massive, massive, massive undersight. And one of them has a golden chainsaw. <laughs> uh-huh. It's the Excalibur of chainsaws. When, uh, you know, they start getting money in the bank, that's when they can afford golden chainsaws for other face. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking about two Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Uh, the first one is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, also known as Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Uh, yeah. The big the big massacre in this movie, though, wasn't the kills. It was the MPAA. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because there's supposed to be a, like a, bone hawk, a, a bone tomahawk type of scene in it where they yeah. split a guy from stem to stern. Yeah. Mm. You know exactly what guy I'm talking about too. The guy that's fucking, the, the dude that's hanging, <laughs> who yeah. has the winking scene before he gets bludgeoned with the fucking sledgehammer. Yeah, <laughs> like that scene's hilarious. Also, too, like pretty good cast in this too. I mean, you got Vigo Mortensen before he was big. Ken Forhey. Uh, yeah, I love Ken Forhey. How dreamy though is Vigo? Like, I almost had a constant. Vigo mm-hmm. always has this like I dreamy mean, nature to him. I would, you know, I'd be worried I'd wake up without a kidney or something, but you know. Yeah, well, yippee kaye, cowboy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this is. Uh, I I generally like this movie, aside from the NBA yeah. and what they did to butcher this. Uh, mostly, I enjoy this. Um, Did you know that Jeff Burr got fired from this movie and then got rehired when they weren't able to hire anybody else to finish the film? Ooh, hopefully he got a raise. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently they approached Peter Jackson. That's That would have been insane. <laughs> right? Let's move the entire Texas production to New Zealand <laughs> and do this, which arguably would work because we just saw X this year, which did the exact same thing. Yep. X is one of the better horror movies this year. Absolutely. And it's on Blu-ray now for everyone that hasn't seen it. Yeah. Get disturbed in, in your home theater. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. The official summary, and it's a very short one, is a <laughs> California couple and a survivalist encounter Leatherface and his family. Which is pretty much like every Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. movie. They, they just meet Leatherface and his family. 
I, I think that's pretty on par with, yeah, like the, they keep it pretty simple for the Texas Chainsaw series, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't need any, as as we'll see with the next one, uh, you don't need that much for it to be a good Texas Chainsaw <laughs> movie. Yeah. But you need at least something. <laughs> and apparently you need at least someone with a hook hand or a robot leg or whatever you want to throw in there, you know? I'll get Absurd. To the next one. But Absurd. Like, I yeah. was so disappointed because I was like, this is like a Richard Linklater movie, and then not really. No. I'll see. This is a weird direction to go, but I'm, it was I'm, like a Richard Linklater movie if John Waters directed it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, when was the first time we watched this movie? Oh boy, this this would have been because the film was made. In, was it 1990? Was when this one came out? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one would have come later after because cause, uh, I didn't really get into TCM until probably mid to late 90s is where I kind of first discovered it. So I, I, I probably powered through all of them except for Next Gen, which I think at the hard, it was kind of hard to find at that time. Mm. Like it, it was out and released on VHS, but not a lot of the, the video stores had it. So I, I know that I had to I had to track down that one, unfortunately, for all parties involved. Um, but, uh, I mean, and I remember uh, the trailer for it. Oh, which yeah. The trailer was completed like six months before they even went to camera on it. It's the, massively different. The trailer is the uh, best part of this movie. Yeah, and the leather, <laughs> the leather face is bigger in that trailer yes. he's a bigger beefier dude it almost looks like gunner hansen yeah. but it's not it's r.a mihailov um and with the stunts done by kane hodder because kane hodder was actually the coordinator and stuntman for leatherface on this one mm-hmm. uh, which is weird because both men have completely different body types yeah so there, there, there's some wild inconsistencies in this one in the, in that in that section. Not as bad as some of the stunt work for Renee Zellweger in Next Generation, <laughs> which is obviously a different woman in many different shots. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, watching it this time, um, I think I liked it a bit more than when I originally watched it because when I originally watched it. It was snugged up against watching two, which is I, I feel like besides the original, um, the benchmark of this whole series. Mm, yeah. I feel like I feel like kind of I had the same experience, although slightly different. Kind of like I mentioned this before we started recording, but I watched this one and then I watched four like right after. Mm-hmm. And four is just such a weird ride that I feel like it kind of overshadowed some of this one because this one is more just kind of, you know not generic horror like but it's it sticks to that texas chainsaw recipe a little more than the fourth one does um so i i feel like that got a little overshadowed unfortunately and i i feel like this one probably deserves a bit of a rewatch in the future i almost feel like the third film is almost more like a traditional slasher Mm -hmm. which i think Mm -hmm. people will say oh tcm one and two are also slashers i don't think nearly as much but like this film in particular really feels more like a traditional slasher movie than than any of the other previous ones. Just in the way it's yeah. shot and how it's paced. And that's yeah. not a bad thing. Like, I think, if anything, it's like, yeah, 
third movie in the franchise, just have fun with it. It's Leatherface killing people. And then yeah. have the MPA neuter the kills. But if you haven't seen the trailer for this movie, please go watch it because it's, it's Leather- so fucking cool. It's Leatherface standing like basically right by a lake and then a woman's arm comes out from the lake and throws him his chainsaw and then it gets struck by lightning and that's it. And it's the most amazing trailer. If you've never seen this movie, you just watch this trailer, you, you're probably expecting like the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine seeing that in theaters. Oh, that trailer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like before whatever. Well, because it's New Line, right? So yeah. possibly before one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you see that trailer. Yeah. And especially like, you know, given you're the age of you're going to see, you know, horror films at that time, rated R horror films at that time, you're definitely what probably versed in horror at that time. The last one that you've seen is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yes. Which is like this top 40 pop punk type of film. Mm-hmm. And now, and then this one comes out, and you're like, "Ooh, what's this going to be like?" It's a, it's a new age uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's just called Leatherface. Oh, I'm so into this one. Mm-hmm. And then you get like this squealing rock guitar film, because yeah. I, I mean, because that's really what this movie is. It's just kind of this like Ingwie Malmsteen, like fucking, you know, transitioning from 80s to 90s, like trying to be a gore fest that yeah you like you said got neutered yeah it's a little maybe that's where ghost ship got their inspiration from (laughs) just come out balls to the wall and then just let everyone down at the end yeah pretty much once you get them into theaters that's all you need you don't need to keep them in theaters just get them into theaters i guess that's true well there's a 30 minute refund policy so yeah Mm. there you go i i think the weirdest thing about both (laughs) these movies is they have horrendous pacing issues yes um and that you don't really the third act is so splintered up that you don't really know you're in it until you are yeah and and it's definitely true for both films you're like where where is the where is the end game to the and they all have the same kind of striking points at one point a girl's going to be restrained in a chair at one point in front of the family of, of like almost mummified family members and stuff like they all play the same beats but at least Leatherface was able to remember that in this te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, especially with worked so well with the first film, shadow and darkness is your friend. And it's so fucked up that Kim Hankel couldn't figure that out or remember that for Next Generation. Yeah. Mm. There was one scene in particular where I thought they did an okay job at that in the next one. Um mm-hmm. Where, like, Renee Zellweger is, like, looking down the super dark road that her friends have just run down. But mm-hmm. that's, like, pretty much it. Yeah, I, I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I, I don't want to talk too much about the other, other one, but I'm worried I'm going to forget. Because there's a scene before that, too, where they're messing with the flashlight when it goes out. Yes. And her friend Heather is like, hurry up with the flashlight. I want to see or something like that. But because it's a movie being shot, you can clearly see the entire surroundings around them. And it just made <laughs> me laugh. I, anyways, that, that yeah. Barry's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I have notes about the next one. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I've I'd seen Texas Chainsaw three before, but it's been a long time. I mean, if I rewatch any of them, it's usually one or two, or maybe the remake. I haven't rewatched the remake in a while, but oh, the Nistville remake from two thousand two. Yeah. 
so, that movie rocks. Yeah. The movie rocks. Um, so fucking good. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I'm not one to be like, let's go rewatch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Um, mm-hmm. But I probably saw it like when I was a teenager. I think like this was back in the day when you'd be at home, rainy day, you're stuck inside. You just turn on TV and they're like, stay tuned for an all day marathon in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're like, okay, fine. I ain't going anywhere. Pull up some Cheetos. <laughs> just chill out. Watch movies. Hell yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember I watched this and it's funny because at the time I assumed it was edited for TV, but now watching the movie, I'm like, I don't think it was edited for TV. I think it was just the MPAA. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I rewatch it. I was like, ah, I'm going to get like the better version of this. Cause I've never seen this outside of the TV version I watched when I was a teenager. And then I, I'm like, no, it's, it's not much different, but Makes me wonder if maybe they did it at the time because they knew it was going to be airing on TV, but probably not. Probably just overzealous MPAA, but... Yeah, I think this movie definitely would have benefited from uh, an uptick in the gore or or just, yeah. like, the, the more disturbing parts. Especially, I think that would definitely call back more to the first one, too, with it just being like, oh, my God, this is just people getting <laughs> ripped apart. Yeah. Um, I mean- this is yeah. just a few years shy too of when like Hollywood started to like put out unrated cuts of movies, so they would just put like a safe version in theaters that they knew the MPA would be fine with, and then the home video release would have the unrated cut and that they could do whatever they want with. Um, I think that started like around the mid '90s, so this would have just been a little bit shy of that, which is a shame because I think this would benefit from an unrated cut. Same with like. Uh, Friday the 13th Part 7, where that's a movie that I think, unfortunately, the, the footage for that one has all been lost, so that can't ever happen. Yeah. I think Buechler even says that in the commentary. Yeah. No, there's the, like, the, the good thing is that there is, I'm pretty sure there is, the, a Buechler commentary for that, so you kind of get yeah. the gist of what he wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. But, man, can you imagine if, if Paramount just let Buechler and Hay- Hodder do their thing? Yeah. God damn. Well, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but I think that the, the, this was around the time where the MPA started to figure out what horror movies and slashers were up to, and they were like, uh... but yeah, just kind of an awkward period because yeah, give it like four or five more years, and that's when people were just like, let's do an R cut. Like I know the first one I really remember was uh, Chase Goes to Hell, the Final Friday, because that one. Like, whatever, there was a safe version of theaters, but then you could get the unrated cut, and that one just had everything. So, I mean, not a great movie, but a good example, at least, of what they were doing at the time. Uh, we have a couple emails here. Larry says, Dennis Hopper, Bill Mosley, Vigo. I think he's saying that Dennis Hopper and Bill Mosley are better than Vigo, which, sure, I don't mind Vigo in this. Yeah. Though. I mean, he doesn't steal the show like Bill Mosley does. No, it's a completely different. He's supposed to be a red herring, though. Like, that's generally the point of Viggo Mortensen. When he is revealed behind her, when he grabs her by the neck after the the little girl's been revealed to be a fucking psychopath, Mm -hmm. that is the fucking, that is the, holy shit, the, the, that, that cowboy that was trying to help him is really with them. Like, that was, 
there's a point to his character. Yeah. Much more than than Vilmer, which is just a fucking amalgamation of eight different characters. Mm. <laughs> Go Vilmer. Go Vilmer. Vilmer, get that bitch. He's going balls to the wall. I mean, I know we're talking a little too much about Next Generation, but my God is fucking McConaughey gonzo. I just <laughs> love how in both these movies, they're like, yeah, Leatherface keeps getting shipped off to different like families. Like, he's just a neglected kid that nobody wants. I just find that hilarious. Like, they're calling up like, yeah, it didn't work out with us over here. We're going to have to send him over to you. Like <laughs> you're putting up wanted posters or like like child child for uh chainsaw child looking for a good home, looking for a forever home. Please come pick up. Chainsaw child. <laughs> May yeah. like to cross dress just for one period in his life only. Yeah. Are you a cannibal family living in Texas? Wow. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like a Vern Funk insurance Which, commercial. The more I think <laughs> about this, it really makes the re- the well, remake or whatever they did on Netflix recently make a whole lot of sense where he's just in an, uh, an yeah. orphanage at that point. Yeah. Like, he just ran out of family members who would take him in. That <laughs> makes total sense now. It's so weird that this movie made me feel so romantic about the new Texas Chainsaw. Oh, yeah. The new one, actually. <laughs> There's so many more, like, chainsaw kills. Like, all yes. right. Yes. Can we uh, talk about how Ken Faree essentially dies and then was reshot to make it that he lives? Oh yeah, that was a little awkward. He gets <laughs> he gets torn apart by a chainsaw. Yeah. Well And then all of a sudden he's fine, he's just got a head wound. I think that's a, a standard thing, it seems like. At least, uh, I mean, again, don't want to bring up the next movie, but there's a character that should have died like six times in my opinion. So maybe yeah. that's just a Texas Chainsaw thing. There's actually a reasoning behind Ken Forey's thing is because they had him killed and then in test screens, the audiences, he was the only character the audiences liked. <laughs> so the studio, that. so Bob Shea in the studio was like, no, you got to reshoot this to, so, for, so that he lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was a love for the character. I think it's just a love for Ken Forey yeah. because we have this reverence for him because of Dawn of the Dead, right? Mm. So, Ken Free, anytime he shows them something, is immediately likable. Even in, in Rob Zombie's Halloween, he's immediately likable, even though he's like a piece of shit and that that just wants to take his shit, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, but yeah, I think it's his reverence. But yeah, it ended up really fucking that third act up, I think. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, and then the, the, the last moment with, with, uh, Dead Eyed Weirdo. Um, in the back of the pickup truck is just so tacked on and nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they could have just ended it with them driving away and not have him come back and be shot. Because it was so like, oh, he just gets shot, and then that's it. And then they're gone. Okay, bye. Yeah. Not even with any, like, gore or anything. He just, it goes to a wide, wide, almost crane shot. He just falls in the back of the truck, and that's it? Yeah. yeah. Such bullshit. For sure. They should have got him with the chainsaw. Yeah, exactly. It would have been poetic. Uh, John says, if you ever watch the physical release of this, it shows a documentary about how the MPAA basically fucked this movie over. Interesting. I mean, I kind of figured as much, but 
Interested in the documentary. I wonder if they show some of the extended cuts. Like I know with Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, they do show like some real rough cuts of what some of those kills look like. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right, on to some awards. What's everyone's favorite line from this movie? Oh boy, there's. I mean, some of them are so. I, I do, the 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 cow the yippie kaye cowboy line makes me laugh. It honestly made me think about. Con error when he said that line. That yeehaw, cowboy! What you thinking about? Uh, what am I thinking about? Oh, yeah, that's right, yeehaw. <laughs> I didn't really write down a lot of lines other than because if you don't poke them, they don't leak, and if they don't leak, you can't feed Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, that one. You know that um, Grandpa, or was it this one, or was it the second one that Grandpa? It was supposed to be uh, what's his name from Part Two. Oh. Um, actually, that might have been Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. But it was, I forget what his name is. He ended up passing away from cancer. Um, but he was the grand, he was, he's the grandpa in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was supposed to be, why am I spacing on his name? I got, Jim Sidow. Oh, yeah. They'd asked Jim Sidow to come back, but he vehemently declined. Mm. to do it yeah. I can understand that mm-hmm. that would have been a cool that would have been kind of a cool callback though if like they had managed to get grandpa as the same actor for every single one of these even though the plots are wildly different sometimes between all of the sequels as long yeah. as grandpa's the same then it's a text exactly change. yeah <laughs> like even Leatherface is completely his motivations his his, his the way he holds himself, everything's so completely different. And he's fucking annoying in the fourth movie. I know we're talking way too much about it, but he's so fucking annoying in that movie. Yeah. Um, was a, but uh, from the first movie, like a publicity shot of like all the family hanging outside the patio. <laughs> if you ever seen that photo, it's pretty funny. Yeah. It's like a, the most dysfunctional family photo ever. Um, oh, actually, there is one line that I thought was really funny. It's when they're stripping Ryan down when he's hanging up. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, looky here, colored drawers. And then they're all like, California. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of California digs in this movie. Right? Yeah. Well, and the fact that they're driving a, a, a Mercedes. Yes. Like this, this this baby blue Mercedes. Yeah. Like they're trying to reek it up of privilege. Yeah. So that you're just like, oh, it's going to be the fucking squalor versus the rich people. Okay, I get it. Um, Michelle had a line where she said, there's roadkill all over Texas, which I would laugh at that one. <laughs> uh, best performance. This one's tough because she had a lot of them. Yeah, Bigo. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say too. Yeah, I do like Ken Forhey in this. I one. I I like Forhey too, but he's very reactionary. Yeah, he doesn't steal the show as much as he should. No, yeah, Vigo. As soon as Vigo is able to turn up that intensity, it's there, you know. Yeah. And and yeah, Ken Forhey is kind of like he he's almost like an everyman. 100%. There's not a lot of depth to him. I almost feel like this should have been more his movie. Like, it should have started with mm-hmm. him and what he was doing, and then he just comes across these, like, random privileged teens basically driving this car. I think that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, 
I'll go with Vigo. I don't know. I kind of want to say Ken Forhe, but yeah, you're right. Like, he is very reactionary. He's not really... He doesn't really steal the show the same way no. Vigo does. Best kill. Ugh. Any kill that's done with that golden chainsaw. Because that was just the yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I would say, what's her name in the tree? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, that one was pretty good. It, but, I mean, again, it was totally, like, made toothless. The The biggest thing is probably the blood splattering up into her face. Yeah. yeah. It's the most interesting thing about it. Yeah especially when like you're coming off of the second movie which has that amazing um convertible kill yeah. like uh, how, how how could you do that to this just this franchise it what the mpa did effectively was take pull all the teeth on this franchise and kill it yeah they killed this franchise yeah they took the teeth off the, off the exactly, exactly, and it was I, besides Municipal's remake of it, they were never able to re- fully recover it. No. Yeah, no, normally in movies, especially horror movies, when there's a, a exploding scene where something explodes that you know is probably not supposed to, uh, I go, "Oh, that was kind of sick. Something exploded and someone died." But this movie managed to make me go, "Oh, someone exploded and died. Okay, I guess." Like it just, it, there wasn't, there wasn't the same like punch behind it where I was nope. like, that was ridiculous. And I loved how ridiculous that was. This was just kind of like a little dumb, especially for Vigo Mortensen's character. I was like, oh, I feel like that should have been way. Yeah. I feel like it should have been way more gory, especially yeah. for him. But, mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, dumbest decision. Pretty much trusting Eddie that leads you to a freak gasoline fight accident <laughs> that's pretty to dumb. quote zoolander i mean what else movie what else movie other movie besides zoolander can you can you say that <laughs> there's yeah, a freak pretty... gasoline fight accident yeah i wonder if that's where <laughs> they, they just... got it from they right? like, that'd be so fucking weird he was like i was inspired by watching 1990s leatherface texas chainsaw massacre 3 to put a gasoline fight in this in this movie with alexander Skarsgård. yeah Can, the, you just have to have ken forey's character pulling out an orange mocha frappuccino yeah. they drink <laughs> this tiny little cell phone calling oh that'd be phone. great that'd be so great i want that now <laughs> Ben Stiller, we're on to you. We know we're, what, what you're doing. You're all inspired by old horror films. Yeah. I feel like with any of these movies, the dumbest decision is just driving on a back road in Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, the immediate decision of like, oh, no, we got to take the, take the cowboy's road. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't do it. Also, not giving um, Caroline Williams any extra scenes. She's just like, mm. yeah. I don't, I, and I don't, I don't believe that she would become a broadcast journalist after the events of two. That's not what the ending leads you to believe. Yeah. It's, it's like she's, she's gone crazy. She, yeah. She's gone nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, yeah. she does the chainsaw swing at the end. Yeah. Which all, both, all the movies try to do the chainsaw swing. 
Oh boy, did they do it really badly in the next one. We'll get to that. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There's a lot of things the next movie does wrong. Oh my god. Oh, at, Kim at, Hankel, I'm so mad. At the end of this one, what they should have done when they pan out at the end and you see the the leg as they're driving or whatever, they should have just had it pan up and it it's Leatherface and Leatherface takes the mask off and it's Caroline Williams. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> Because like at this point, who cares about body types anymore? Yeah. Because they don't. Well, making it, they didn't give a shit. So yeah. why is why should the audience? Well, it's been great. Like at the end of the movie, like uh, some news reporters show up and she gets out of the van. And she's like, "I've seen this shit before." Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that would have been cool. Yeah. Make her like um, Courtney Cox and scream, kind of. Mm. All right, I think it's time to score this, which again I'm gonna probably be a little lighter on this than I probably should be, but I didn't mind this movie nearly as much. I'd probably give it like probably like a seven out of ten. Mm. Yeah, I'd say a seven as well. Um, I I didn't I I actually had some fun with it. It has its massive problems I, I i will blame a lot of the substantive issues on the fact that it got basically hacked apart by the mpaa yeah. who has no idea what the fuck they're doing still to this day um yeah it has this I, as far as the series goes it's just like another problematic piece like everything after two is just problematic even two is like how the f like like i I don't understand how the how the family is completely different and all this shit. Like, yeah. But like, three is the beginning of like we just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. When, like <laughs> nobody remembers these movies, so let's just do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. You know. So like, for one movie, Leatherface has a knee brace. <laughs> like, oh, okay, and then all of a sudden they give that to Vilmer for the next movie. It's just like okay. Um. But yeah, it's it's still a, a fun movie to watch, and it, it's a movie that improved to me from the first time I watched it. So uh, yeah, seven's an easy one for me. Hmm. See, I feel like maybe I need to rewatch it because I for I've only seen it the one time, but I feel like I want to go with more of like a six. I just found it a, maybe a little more boring than some of the other ones in the series. Um, and yeah, especially when it gets a little overshadowed by the absolute mayhem that is the next one in the series. So. Um, I think I'm going to go with six, but I'm going to allow myself to change that later on if I watch this again, because maybe, maybe I just didn't give it a fair shot, but yeah, that, that seems right to me. Fair. So a six with room to grow. Yeah, I would say so. Nice. All right. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on the internet on Twitter at the Steeple Dead on uh, Instagram the same, and I believe my letterbox is that one as well. Uh, the website is stevesdebbing.ca. I've been off a couple of weeks uh, for vacation on uh, on the shift with Shane Hewitt, but I will be back uh, 11 p.m. Pacific time doing all the review stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I missed out on reviewing on the air awesome things like top gun maverick which was freaking amazing uh and stuff like uh which is pertinent to this podcast um studio 666 oh. 
which I really dug, especially as a Foo Fighters fan. Mm. Uh, I give that movie a Pearl Jam high five. It was fucking great. Uh, I wasn't ready for the Taylor stuff yet, but uh, still loved it. And it's got a gnarly chainsaw kill in it. Like a gnarly one. Like so cool. Yeah. Uh, better than any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies have done it. Weirdly wow. enough. Yeah. I, so uh, I give it to Dave Grohl for that one. I saw that movie with my girlfriend and she still won't forgive me for taking her to that movie. So <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you will be big time still for that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I liked it, but. <clears throat> I thought it was great. Yeah. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I, well, I'm on some places on the internet, but I, I started a new job at the beginning of this year and I thought I would still have time to keep up with all my other stuff. And now it's like almost June and I don't know where the first half of the year has gone. Normally you can find me on Twitch and Instagram. My username is Techronomicon, um, but I haven't been posting recently. So when I do, I will be back in those places and I will have hopefully updated my blog as well, which is circeanic.home.blog. Um, and I normally post scores for movies on Letterboxd under the username circeanic as well. Nice. I'm over at threenewrunners.com. We're almost every other day. We've got new content going up, even with COVID. Um, still trying to get some content up. I was also on a uh, radio station in Edmonton. 6.30 Ched. That was a good time. I actually talked, talked about Top Gun Maverick. I was on with a few other movies and talked about Ray Liotta because he recently passed away too. So. Mm. Do you want to hear a fun story about that? Uh, about Ray Liotta? No, about uh, 6.30 Ched. Yeah, sure. I got a call from a good friend uh, that I met through Drex uh, who basically gave me my start in radio. Uh, Chris Bertlinger Grant being like, oh, we need... We're we're missing out on a movie on you being our movie guy blah 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 for year for it's basically since I started my new job I haven't been able to do it and they're like do you have anybody I'm like ah I have the perfect person for Jalen and I to to bring on his name's Kurt oh. here's his information <laughs> give him a call oh thank you yeah no worries that's that's funny because yeah they were like ah oh, come on I'm like yeah sure so yeah, it was good times <laughs> um, yeah. So it's fun getting a little bit of, a little bit of time on the radio and uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm on Twitter, film critic Kurt, and I'm on Letterbox Fatal Koala. I'm mostly up to date with my reviews. There's some stuff I'm embargoed on I can't talk about yet, but uh, eventually I will be, eventually. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.